Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Hey, we have a trade in the National Hockey League. The Winnipeg Jets send defenseman Jacob Truba to the New York Rangers. The Jets get defenseman Neil Pionk and the 20th overall pick in the draft on Friday. That was originally Winnipeg's pick. They sent that to the Rangers to get Kevin Hayes as a rental at the deadline. So uh, Truba, very good defenseman. He had uh, 50 points last season for the Jets, a first-round pick in 2012. He went ninth overall. He is now 25, made $5.5 million this past season. He is a restricted free agent. Rangers, one of the teams he would uh, listed that he would go to. So that is the deal there. And maybe more to come in the week leading up to the draft or perhaps at the draft in Vancouver on Friday and Saturday. So that is uh, the trade late this afternoon. The New York Rangers get Jacob Truba from the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets get defenseman Neil Pionk back and uh, the, uh, the 20th overall pick in the draft on Friday. Big celebration in Toronto today, but uh, not all the news surrounding the Raptors' success. Bit of a scary incident going on there as well. I just want everybody to just take a moment. Please stay strong. There is an emergency that is being dealt with. The event continued even as pockets of fans rushed for safety. Police now say four people were shot. Two suspects were arrested and firearms were recovered. City spokesman Brad Ross says more than a million people People were gathered in and around the area to celebrate the Raptors' first NBA title. Greg Strong, the Canadian Press, All right, Toronto. So you, heard, so you heard it there. Four people shot, two arrested while this was going on. The voice at the beginning of all that was Matt Devlin, who obviously was the play-by-play voice of the Raptors games. You would have heard him on uh, Sportsnet and TSN throughout the season and during the playoffs, and he's been credited with doing a good job of keeping people calm. So four people shot, two people arrested. Hopefully uh, no serious injured in, uh, injuries for those who were hit by bullets today. An extended celebration for the Raptors in Toronto today. You probably saw some of the footage on TV or maybe we're watching it live. It extended w- well past the original allotted time frame and later on in the show we're going to go to Jamie Tawil he's with our affiliate station AM640 in Toronto he's going to break it down from the scene he was he was covering the the festivities today Kawhi Leonard the star of the Toronto Raptors MVP of the NBA finals and known for his very stoic expression during games regardless of how it's going for the Raptors some of his comments to the thousands assembled in Nathan Phillips Square I just want to say thank y'all for walking me here after the trade with open arms man it made my experience that much better this group of guys let me do what I do on the floor coach Nick let me do what I do and now we got a championship Thank you, and like they said, enjoy this, enjoy this moment, and have fun with it. A ha, 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 
right, Ka- Kawhi Leonard with the laugh. So, so what's the story there? Some of you may remember this. I, I, I actually have to refresh my memory about this. September 24th, yeah, the news conference, he's introduced as a, a Toronto Raptor. And, and here, a reporter asked him, well, you know, tell me a little bit something about Kawhi Leonard. What do you, what do you like or what are you into away from basketball or whatever? Here was part of his answer there. And, and uh, you'll hear the, well, you'll hear this. I mean, it's just more question you have to ask me um, in order for me to tell you about myself. I just can't give you a whole spiel. <laughs> I don't even know where you're sitting at. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he knew that that some people had some fun with his laugh back in September, so he uh, he let it rip today at the Raptors uh, celebration. Pretty cool. They won the NBA title on Thursday in Oakland, and now the big offseason story for them: Will Kawhi Leonard return to Toronto? And you know, with uh, with uh, Davis going to uh, the LA Lakers. Maybe they got their man, and uh, Kawhi not so likely to go to L.A. now. We'll, we'll get more from uh, from uh, Jamie Tuwheel out of Toronto in the next hour of the show. The Edmonton Eskimos are 1-0 to start the season as they uh, open up a lead against Montreal. Can hang on to the lead. The Alouettes tied it, but Edmonton able to get that late drive to go ahead and then put it away with an interception. The offense for the Eskimos, very impressive. 607 yards of offense. That is only the eighth time in team history. The Eskimos have have had 600 or more yards in a game. 607 yards of offense against the Alouettes. Uh, I, I mean, without that Ricky Collins Jr. fumble inside the 10-yard line, Maybe they would have had this one even more put away. But anyway, they they made a lot of plays offensively. Uh, They got the win. Here's another impressive number as well. The Eskimos in this game had a 109-yard touchdown drive. That's as far as you can go. You can't go 110. You can give 110%, but you can't go 110 yards on a drive. They went 109 yards on a drive. Started with 359 left in the third quarter. They scored on the first play of the fourth quarter and did it in nine plays. That was the one that uh, C.J. Gable caught the touchdown pass. So really impressive drive by the Eskimos. And overall, the offense looking very good. I'll tell you what we're going to do here, Kellen. Trivia question. You can just call in and, and give Kellen the answer, 780-496-0063, because we have these ranch golf passes from uh, from last week, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't we, yeah. we didn't give them all we didn't give them all away. Ranch is so generous with the golf passes, so uh, we got a, a pair of golf passes to the ranch from last week. So you just tell Kellen the answer. The last time the Eskimos had over 600 yards in a game was August seventh, nineteen ninety seven. They had 644 yards in a 45-11 win over Winnipeg. So the question is, you won't have to come on live, just just tell Kellen, who was the Eskimos' starting quarterback in 1997? Don't give it away. Do you remember, Kellen? 97? Actually, I do not. You do not remember? I All do right, not. Well, this is going to be fun. You will have to let me know. Oh, I should have told you the answer. Well, heck or with it. Or text it to me. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Oh, we'll do it live. Okay. We'll O'Reilly it. We'll okay. Heck with it. We'll do it live. Let's do it live. Put up the contestants. We'll get to that right away. Now, this is not all great stuff for the Eskimos. Uh, you know, they they signed all those free agents in the offseason. There was that big flurry free agency day in February. Uh, but some of these guys haven't played. Sir Vincent Rogers out for probably half the season or more. Uh, you got uh, Anthony Parker 
with the uh, torn Achilles. He's out for the season. Tavares Daniels has been battling an injury. He hasn't played. Uh, Javon Santos Knox, one of the linebackers they signed, he hasn't played, though he's practicing. Maybe he's out there soon. And Don Unamba, who from Hamilton had a really good first half, he is uh, injured right at the end of the first half on Friday. Head coach Jason Moss with the update. Today. I know he's getting an MRI today, later today, to, to see the extent of the injury and what's what's transpired. But uh, and I'll, let it, I'll let Brock and those guys discuss that when we know more information. All right, so the team pretty tight-lipped about injuries. Moss revealing that Unamba is having an MRI. Uh, I don't know, makes me a little nervous. Uh, Moss is going to be in with Morley tonight, the Eskimos Coaches Show from 7.30 to 8. So we're giving away a pair of passes to golf at the ranch. Who are we starting with? Is it Ross? Sure, start with Ross. We're starting with Ross. Ross, you're on with Reed. Who was the Eskimos starting quarterback in 1997? Honestly, I I don't know. I think it's Donegan. It was not Matt Dunnigan, he uh, would have been moved on from them. Uh, Sam, do you know? No, I have no idea. Okay, all right. <laughs> He's being honest. Uh, what about George? George, you know the answer. I was thinking Jason Moss, but no. <laughs> Pardon me? No, I don't know the answer. Huh? Okay, all right. Who is the Eskimos starting quarterback in 1997? James. George LaRock. <laughs> Well, you get points for making me laugh. Uh, Steve, go ahead. Any chances? Tracy Hale, maybe? No, he would have been before that. All right, let's try Glenn. I'm sure Glenn knows. Go ahead, Glenn. Uh, I'm going to say Danny McManus. Danny McManus, all that to win a couple of free rounds of golf. Was it worth it? Yes. Okay, Uh, good. Uh, Glenn, you have called me before, have you not? Absolutely. Okay, have you won anything before? Not from here, I don't think. Okay, were you at the game on Friday? I'm a season ticket holder. And your thoughts? I'm at every game. Your thoughts? Of the game? Yes. Uh, fantastic. Little tense, but they made a lot of plays. They made a lot of mistakes, but they made a lot of plays, so that encouraged But that's the way it goes with uh, all these new people. Yeah, fair comment. Glenn, hang on the line, okay? You're going to be golfing at your convenience. Thank you so much. That is Glenn. You know what? We have more to give away today. We have more to talk about with the Eskimos. We have a little more hockey uh, to get into. Remember Dallas Akins? He's coaching in the NHL again. All that coming up inside sports on 630 Chat. Good stuff for Glenn winning the ranch golf passes. And did Glenn also request this song? He did. What a day for Glenn. Big day for Glenn. He, uh, he's going to golf for free. He gets a song of his request played on Inside Sports. Glenn, your life is peaked. <laughs> Mark it down, Glenn. 6.20 p.m. June 17th. No, uh, I, th- I thought I recognized Glenn's voice. Uh, loyal listener. Enjoyed him- hearing from him. And we have uh, more stuff to give away later on in the show. I mentioned the trade in the National Hockey League. If you're just joining us, here's what happened. The Winnipeg Jets trading restricted free agent defenseman Jacob Truba to the New York Rangers for the 20th overall pick in Friday's draft and defenseman Neil Pionk. Truba, 50 points last season. Pionk had 26. Now that pick was originally Winnipeg's. They uh, they sent it to the Rangers to get Kevin Hayes, and a couple weeks ago, the uh, Jets flipped Hayes' rights to the Philadelphia Flyers. He is an unrestricted free agent on July 1st. So that's how that broke down. The draft coming up on Friday from Vancouver. 
6.30, Chad, has NHL draft coverage from 4 to 7 on Friday. And then at 7, we'll flip over to the Eskimos and Lions. But you can still follow the draft on one of our core stations, Global News Radio 880. We'll uh, carry the entire first round starting at 6 on Friday. And then Saturday, day 2 of the NHL draft, we'll be with you from 1 to 3 p.m. on 6.30, Chad. So 4 to 7 on Chad on Friday, Global News Radio 880, the entire first round starting at 6 until it's over. And we have the uh, football game starting at 7 on uh, on Friday night. So that's going to be good. The Lions beaten by Winnipeg. Calgary lost to Ottawa. Did not see that one coming. And uh, the first game of the season back on Thursday, it was Hamilton knocking off Saskatchewan and unfortunately knocking out Zach Kalaros. The Riders have placed their quarterback on the six-game injured list. Simone Lawrence delivered that head hit early in the game. He has been given a two-game suspension. So, I mean, that, that in football terms, that is a long suspension. Two out of 18 games, that's over 10% of the season. You're gone. I mean, that's like getting a 10 or 12-game suspension in the National Hockey League. So they're trying to crack down on these head hits. Now, having said that, and Kellen, you were been watching the game on Friday. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the Vontae Diggs hit on Vernon Adams. I, I mean, I know they're protecting the quarterback, but Adams pretty much slid into Diggs. And Diggs, I mean, granted, he's starting to make the tackle. He sees the sliding quarterback. He pulled up. I, I didn't see a headshot. I mean, I think his maybe his arms hit his shoulder, hit Adam's shoulder. And Adams, I thought Adams uh, did a pretty good job of, of selling it. And, and that led to a, well, it wasn't 15 yards because they were inside the 30, but a half the distance penalty. Uh, but the, the Lawrence one, in, in my mind, was definitely a dirty play. I, and we're, we're going to have Blake Dermott on in the next half hour to talk about the Eskimos in week one in the CFL. A lot of storylines. I mentioned the Eskimos' offensive numbers. Very impressive. They, I thought that most of the big plays in the game were made by the Eskimos. I also thought that most of the big mistakes in the game were made by the Eskimos. They had a couple of fumbles. They uh, had a dropped kickoff return where they didn't lose the ball, but it cost them a lot of yardage, and they had to punt back to Montreal, and it helped the Alouettes have a short field for a touchdown. A couple of other costly penalties that helped Montreal with with drives, uh, but they survived all of it. And i got to admit, in the fourth quarter, after what we saw last year in the second half of games, I mean, there were, there were five games on the road last year where if the Eskimos were even below average in the second half, they probably still would. I mean, we talked about these games in Hamilton. Uh, you know, the game in Saskatchewan, both games in, in uh, BC, even Labor Day in Calgary, where, if, where they could have won games even with just a couple of more first downs or one more stop. Forget about even scoring, but but they couldn't even do that. So when Montreal clawed back in it, I, I you know I got to give Vernon Adams credit. Came off the bench after Pipkin got hurt, and, and I think that changed the, the the dynamic for the Eskimos defense. I don't know if they were quite ready for him and, and his his ability his ability to run and keep plays alive because they've said it. Philip Lawley has said it. They're doing it. They're going to get after the quarterback. So if he gets by that the wave of guys coming in for the sack, a mobile quarterback can really take off and ding you, and that happened a couple times. But, hey, they they answered the bell after Montreal tied it late, so uh, that was very encouraging. As for uh, the situation in Saskatchewan, head coach Craig Dickinson on the hit and on Zach Claro. And I feel really for Zach. I mean, he worked so hard in this offseason, Glenn, to get right and to get ready physically, and he was ready, and he just took a big shot uh, sliding, and I've seen a lot of that happen. Sliding is, is tricky because you do expose your head 
head, even though you're giving yourself up, you do expose that head when you slide feet first, especially. So uh, just really unfortunate situation. Uh, I think all parties involved wish it hadn't happened. All right. Well, that's a, a fair comment. And, and I, I feel for Zach Kalaros. And if, I mean, how wasn't it a few years ago, Kellen? I, I, a couple of years in a row, I said, Zach Kalaros is going to win the MVP this year when he was with Hamilton and, and he would get hurt. Yep. And then he got traded to Saskatchewan. And I was like, good, you know, good move for Saskatchewan. They were missing a quarterback there a couple of years with Chris Jones as the coach. And he still gets hurt. Uh, this person appreciates the Eskimos. I got a simple text saying Harris is a stud. Could also apply to Andrew Harris for the Bombers. Dustin says Simone Lawrence should have gotten four games. Dustin stepping up. He would be really disciplined, guys, if he were the commissioner of the CFL. And uh, Jet Solver texting in. He says, new Eskimos rule to deal with a chronic multi-year ongoing major penalty problem. For every yard lost to a major, it's $10 a yard from whoever took the penalty. At the end of the season, the uh, starter with the least amount of boneheaded mistakes gets the kitty. Uh, they just don't seem to be getting it. That is a text coming in from Jet Solver. Well, maybe they need something like that. To, to to fix it, a, a couple of really costly. I, I, I thought that one major. I didn't think that was a good call, but they had the uh, well, they had an obvious face mask. Uh, another one that was costly. So they they got to eliminate those, but they figured it out, which was good. All right, the Blue Jays uh, in action tonight. We'll keep. Uh, though I got to see who's are, are people now back to following the Blue Jays, or is this uh, is this a break from following Toronto teams? Or are people just taking a break now from sports? Uh, watching a lot of Raptors, watching a lot of hockey, U.S. Open on the weekend. You know, is it... Uh, this is going to be a tough summer, I think, for the Blue Jays to get a lot of attention. Anyway, you can always call 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Oh, speaking of basketball, the Edmonton Stingers lost a close one on Friday to the Hamilton Honey Badgers. 90-87 was the final at the Expo Center. The Stingers will play at Fraser Valley on Saturday. Blake Dermott coming up. goes wide to the left. Everybody else in motion as the ball snapped to Harris. He'll throw. He's got a man wide open. Touchdown, Eskimos. Kenny Stafford to the end zone, and the Eskimos take the lead. There's the pass to Stafford. He's got it inside the five. Kenny Stafford's got a pair. Touchdown, Eskimos. There's the snap to Harris. He'll take the drops and pressures coming, but he's going to get it away, and... Touchdown, Eskimos. C.J. Gable Are with the reception into the end zone. Are you sure? You look like Fred Stamped on that play. We're in the same number. Harris takes a snap, draws back. He throws. That's complete and a big gain for the Eskimos. It's Ricky Collins Jr. again. He takes the Eskimos to the 25-yard line of the Montreal Alouettes. Big play at a crucial time for 45 yards. He wants to throw it downfield. He does, and it is intercepted. Eskimos have it. It's intercepted by Anthony Orange, who we haven't said much about in this game because they don't throw to him very often, and that's why. Trevor Harris takes the snap, then takes a knee. That is it. Game one is in the books, and the new-look Eskimos have a win, 32-25. 
Dave and Morley with the call on Friday night as the Eskimos win their opener against the Alouettes. I was mentioning some of the stats in the last half hour of the show. 607 yards of offense. They had a 109-yard drive in that game. And John texting in, and uh, John, the front runner for the Text of the Night Award, he says, Reed, the last time I saw a 109-yard uh, drive was my last round of golf. And I know Blake Dermott appreciates that text from John. Hey, Blake. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's that's a really good line. I got to <laughs> steal that one from John. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was quite a game on uh, on Friday night, and uh, and uh, the people that were questioning what kind of offense the Eskimos might have this year with the loss of Mike Riley were, I think, were uh, went away with a smile on their face. Uh, well, things are not going to be all gloom and doom. Yeah, that was that. That was a very encouraging game, and, and Morley had a great line on the on the broadcast. He says, I, "I I came to the stadium wanting to see the the defense, and I'm leaving talking about the the offense." And and look, we we got to start at quarterback. I, I know you want to shine the light on the O line, and we will do that. But uh, you know, Trevor Harris, and he he said when they signed him, he goes, "Look, I, I replaced Burris, I replaced Ray, so I guess now I'm replacing Riley. I'm not going to let it bother me." I mean, he didn't. You never got the sense that he felt any weight of playing his first game as an Eskimo. I thought he was very smooth. Yeah, you know, the um, I, I wasn't going to shine the light on any particular group um, because I thought I thought they all uh, it was it was a pretty solid performance. I mean, they played against a team that they were supposed to beat. They should have beat them by more. They didn't. I mean, so those are the things that are correctable. But I mean, your defense only gave up just over 300 yards of offense, and how much of that came because of penalties? Um, they had, uh, or you know, as a result of uh, some penalties. And offense over 600 yards, so you give up half as many yards as you as you make, and uh, you fumble the ball in the five, you miss a field goal, and you take over 100 yards in penalties. I mean, those are all things that are correctable. And so, from from a standpoint of, did the team was the team prepared? Was the team ready to play? Was there any glaring uh, uh, positions on the field that anybody could come away with? Say, boy, we need to strengthen that up. I would say no. I think. And granted, they were playing against Montreal, which has gone through a whole bunch of turmoil, and a lot of people haven't given Montreal a, a lot of chances this year. But I, I, rem- I remember saying, but right before the game, I would not be surprised if this Montreal team is playing a little bit loose. You know, when you're getting dominated as badly as you are, and they were still in the game with two minutes to go, that tells me they got some they got some leadership within that locker room. I, I know that they, and, and I think Kohari Jones, uh, if given some time, is going to do some things with that team because in talking with some players, even from the Eskimos, and that, that no guys in Montreal, uh, were, the guys in Montreal were saying that they were extremely happy that Kahari was in, in charge there. So, so no, I, I, I got no finger pointing or, or you know patting on the back for any particular group. I thought they did well in the first game of the season, and uh, they came out because you got to remember, most of these guys haven't even played together yet. You know, they, they've gone through two exhibition games and some of them haven't even seen the field yet. So to go out there and have that kind of performance, uh, and uh, you know, certainly at the quarterback position, when, when you only had two series, basically, I think he was, uh, well, he was like six for eight for 50 yards in the first, the only game that he uh, played in an exhibition, to go out there and throw for 447 yards, that's an outstanding performance. Yeah, and I think good point about Montreal. I, I, I mean, look, I, I, it's it's so it's so unpredictable. I mean, Hamilton's 
everybody's picking Hamilton to to win the East, and in, including me, and they, and they beat Saskatchewan in their opening game. But I'll, I give Montreal credit. They didn't go away. They adjusted to their starting quarterback getting knocked out of the game and actually did better after that. And I think that Cunningham's one of the best receivers in the league. Like he, I think he's exceptional. Yeah, no, I, I think... Um, it, it was nice to have this opponent, uh, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's too bad that there was a whole bunch of distractions like there was. I remember talking with Jason Moss uh, the day before, and you know, nice to have uh, Montreal coming in, uh, but with all of the distractions that you got to face from this organization, is that going to be difficult to keep your team focused? And, and uh, they, you know, here's game one of the season, and they're already, you know, he was already concerned that that might be a, a that might there might be a potential for something like that to happen. Well, it didn't seem that there was. Uh, the only thing that probably impacted this game and kept this game as close as it did, and the biggest thing was the penalties. If they, if they could have eliminated 50% of those penalties, then this game was over at half. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, it was 18-8 at the half, and and you got the sense that that it was, you know, Montreal. Well, Montreal was in it because of the the penalty yardage, but they figured out. I want I want to ask you a bit about penalties and really about one in another game and the subsequent discipline. I mean, it was, what, four four plays into the season, unfortunately, for Zach yeah. Kalaros. He gets hit by Simone Lawrence, knocked out of that game. He's now on the six-game injured list, but Lawrence gets slapped with a two-game suspension. And, Blake, I said in the first half hour of the show, that's a two-game suspension in an 18-game season. This would be like a hockey player in the NHL getting 12 or 14 games. This, this, is, this is a stiff suspension I, I wonder what you think of the NHL or the CFL taking the discipline to, to this extent well you know over the it's, it, it's not surprising to me that 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 that's the case that they're they've come down incredibly hard on Simone Lawrence for a play that you know funny five years ago and it's not funny but five years ago would have been nothing it wouldn't even a flag um, it was, um, uh, but the times they are changing, and uh, and you can't do that stuff anymore. And I don't care if you're hyped up or whatever. When a play, when a quarterback gives himself up like that, you cannot you cannot make contact with him. And uh, it was a su- significant contact. They gave him a concussion. I mean, it almost. And, and I know this would never happen, but I've heard of this before. You know, the guy who injures somebody and injures somebody on that kind of a hit should be out as long as that player is, and uh, and that will ne- that will never happen. But but it's it's one of those things in in this game and in any game in any game where there's contact and hockey's the same thing. They have got to start penalizing players if they ever ex- expect this thing to get better. And. Uh, you know, uh, poor Zach Kolaris, uh, I don't, how many of these instances can he withstand? How many more can he withstand before he has to call it a career? And this may be it for him because this is, I think, number four in a relatively short period of time within, like, the last four years. So so this is uh, this is a significant injury and a significant blow to a, to a team in a league where the quarterbacks are arguably the most important person on the field. The two games on Saturday, Ottawa stunned Calgary, even though uh, Calgary was uh, ahead most of the game and uh, four interceptions by uh, the Calgary Stampeders, uh, three of them by Trey Robertson, who I, I didn't even realize this. Uh, 
Blake Morley told me today that's he's Larry Highbaugh's grandson. So yeah, cool Eskimos yeah. uh, connection there. And then Winnipeg, BC. I was really really looking forward to watching that game, seeing uh, Riley back with the Lions. And uh, man, the Winnipeg just to me, Blake. I, I'm curious your take on it. I mean, I, I I'm picking Winnipeg to win the Grey Cup. They just looked solid and composed in every area. And I know it's week one and the CFL season is about the journey and two-thirds of the team make the playoffs. But I, I thought Winnipeg, they just looked very solid and whatever whatever BC threw at them, they, they seemed to have a response to it. Well, I thought it was a real exciting uh, bit in the first, you know, once it got through the... the, the uh a little bit of uh, I don't know shadow boxing there. The first quarter, they right. <laughs> they kind of both teams kind of exploded there, and it was uh, answering each other and moving the ball and and uh, and it was you, you felt like it was going to be who was going to have the ball last or who was going to flinch first. And and uh, you're right, I I think I think what what showed in that in that game was that uh, Winnipeg is is a very solid team. Uh, virtually out of all the teams that that uh, uh, with the changes that were made in the off season. Winnipeg probably made the fewest. They did lose a couple guys on their offensive line, but they, they, uh, you know, as far as their key uh, significant personnel, they probably made the fewest changes. And uh, so coming into the season with a certain amount of stability and a certain amount of knowing what the other guy beside you is going to do is probably important and probably one of the reasons why Winnipeg was uh, was able to, uh, you know, to, to just seem to take everything that BC gave them. And BC, much like like Edmonton and a lot of teams in the league, including Calgary, there's an awful lot of new faces on the on that roster. So you kind of, you, it's going to take a few games for all of that to gel and be to be uh, everybody to be comfortable. So I I'm not sure I'm going to anoint Winnipeg as the Grey Cup champions yet, but uh, certainly coming out of the gate they look very solid and uh, and you know they they look like a a team that's going to make some significant noise in this conference. Quick, Cal- Calgary didn't surprise me. Really? No. You think it's just their time to finally drop off? Well, you know, I, I didn't think uh, Bo Levi Mitchell had a great game. I think he threw for about 56% completion percentage. Uh, not great. Uh, but how many of those games did he, has he had in the last three or four years where he's won those games because his defense has been phenomenal? And uh, with the amount of personnel that they lost in their defense and losing their defensive coordinator last year, significant. Bo Levi Mitchell's going to have games like the, he had the other night. Not terrible games, but certainly not games where he's going to go out there and win them. But if he's going to if he's going to throw for in the 50s, 56 to you know 60 percent completion, they're not going to win those games this year. So that didn't surprise me. And you you know it's a Great Cup rematch, and there's an awful lot of guys in that Ottawa team that uh, remembered the game and uh, you know felt that they. Uh, had it not been for the field, in the, in the situation might have been a bit different. So, so you know, here's Calgary coming in with with uh, um, maybe a little bit of uh, you know playing at home, playing against Ottawa. They look across the field. There's a lot of new faces on that team, and and uh, and you know maybe the swagger that Calgary carried into that game just wasn't there. Uh, they they just aren't the same team that they were last year. They might get there again, but at the beginning of the season, they're not there, and that didn't surprise me that Ottawa beat them. Just correct myself. I said Robertson. It's Trey Roberson. Roberson, right? Roberson. Yeah. That uh, is the uh, grandchild of Larry Highbaugh, who had the three interceptions for Calgary. One other number I want to throw at you. Shocking to me, and I'm going to go back to the BC Winnipeg game. John White, who we know well from his time as an Eskimo. This was the entire rushing line for the Lions as a team. All John White, four carries for four yards. Yeah. Like how do you how do you just totally neg- neglect? that part of the game it's weird well you know and that's hey you you bring mike riley and you know you're going to throw the ball a ton 
and that's what he likes to do, and that's what he expects to do, and that's what, if he has any input in the offense, that's what he's going to do. And I think part of the situation changed, you know. Um, a lot of times you'll go into a game with a game plan, and, and maybe the fact that they, you know, they have this, uh, some new players on that offensive line. You know, Sir Chung's over there now. He came from Winnipeg and some different faces in there. So maybe they haven't got to that point of being uh, uh, really confident and gelling properly with their line. But then I think what happened is because of the way Winnipeg responded to them, well, you know, whenever they, they had any kind of push, uh, you know, BC uh, found themselves playing from behind. And when you're playing from behind, a lot of times, you're not going to run the ball as much. So I think that dictated uh, that dictated what they were going to do when they tried to run the ball. But, yeah, running the ball, I think at one point they were, at the end of the first half, they were in the negatives, weren't they, in the rushing? They were like negative three yards or something. So so it was, uh, it was certainly... I, and I think that's going to change. They're not going to, and they, they've been in this league long enough to know the coaching staff and everybody over there long enough to know that if you get into November, you've got to be able to run the ball. So they'll, it's just not a priority at this point in the game. All right. Blake, we'll have you on after every Eskimos game. Really appreciate it. Going to be a fun one on Friday with the Lions coming to town. Thanks for your time tonight, buddy. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Reed. Talk to you soon. That is Blake Dermott, former Edmonton Eskimo, now our analyst for the broadcast here on 630 Chad. We have the game 7 o'clock on Friday. Lions in Edmonton. If you missed it, trade in the National Hockey League tonight happened about an hour ago. Jacob Truba goes to the New York Rangers. He's a restricted free agent defenseman. The Jets get Neil Pionk and the 20th pick in the draft on Friday. That was originally Winnipeg's pick. They sent it to the Rangers for Kevin Hayes and now they get it back. Dallas Aikens is the new head coach of the Anaheim Ducks. He spent the last four years coaching their AHL team in San Diego. Of course, we know Aikens well here in Edmonton. Uh, 36-63-14 with the Oilers in 13-14 and then part of the 14-15 season. I uh, was talking to somebody earlier today and they said, are the Ducks going to now have an unstoppable power play? And uh, that was in, in regards to a comment Dallas Aikens made in a phone interview with me where he said, uh, we have a power play alignment that is going to be almost unstoppable. And uh, one of many things Dallas Aikens said that never really came to fruition while he was coaching the Oilers. We will get to John on the open line when we get back. You can chime in at 780-496-0063. Blue Jays trailing the Angels 10-1 in the sixth. Other news today, Eric Carlson re-signs with the San Jose Sharks. The defenseman had 45 points in 53 games last season, battled some injuries. Eight-year deal, $92 million. That's $11.5 million against the cap per season. He is 29 years of age. Well, one guy who must be thrilled that the Eskimos won their opener is John, who's calling in tonight, 780-496-0063. Hey, John. Hey, Rita, I'm just delighted uh can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Um, uh, yeah, Trevor Harris, man, he was impressive. <laughs> Holy cow. And we got good receivers, you know, if you thought we lost our three or four top receivers. Man, the receiving core was fine. C.J. Gable looked terrific. Man, I, just, I just felt so good leaving that stadium. We were in good hands. Do we have time for three quick golf jokes? <laughs> three golf jokes? Well, <laughs> sure. Yeah, why, why, not? Says, why not? I'm so mad, I think I'm going to drown myself in the lake. And the caddy says, 
Do you think you can keep your head down that long? <laughs> That's really good. Okay. The golfer says, you got to be the worst caddy in the world. And the caddy says, I don't think so. That would be way too much of a coincidence. <laughs> and then the golfer says, this is the worst golf course I've ever played on. And the caddy says, this isn't the golf course. We left that about an hour ago. <laughs> Those are those anyway. Are all I good. watched the U.S. Open read, and uh, and I thought of those jokes while I was watching Gary Woodland win that, and I was so glad to see him win that. And I didn't know the personal story that he'd gone through, but right, you know, a lot of tournaments where he's leading and he didn't finish it off. So that was spectacular, and I just felt so good for him. And it's always encouraging to see the best in the world miss two or three foot. You know, read if your golf game is like mine. <laughs> yeah, I feel their pain. Thank you, John. Very good jokes, man. Okay, see you, Reed. All right, that is John, and we also have Brian online too. Hey, Brian, go ahead. Hi there, Reed. Hey, how are you? Doing quite well. What's on your mind, buddy? I'm sorry. What's on your mind? Yeah, I was at the uh, the game Friday night, and uh, I kind of want to reiterate what the, the last caller just said. But uh, I mean, it is Montreal, so. I wouldn't get our, uh, I wouldn't start counting uh, playoff, buying playoff tickets yet. I mean, uh, it, it's the first game, but definitely some, I thought, very positive. Uh, the, receiving, the receiving core looked really good and quite a balanced offense we, we presented. Um, but I, I could just see, I you know, definitely could see us getting better and better. But I think there's going to be some pretty tough tests because uh, I think we played Calgary. I haven't seen the schedule, but I think we play Calgary and BC in the next three, four games, I imagine. Is that right? Uh, they play BC a couple times, then they play Calgary middle of August, then the Labor Day home and home. BC and Calgary are the two teams they play thrice this season. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know what? It, it's uh, it's kind of re- it's just a nice, uh, refreshing start. And, you know, just kind of, you know, maybe it'll help us forget what happened in, in our locker room in November when Calgary came in and and wanted and uh you know what i i i, I why not say it you know i i mean why can't uh, the eskimos go and return the favor in calgary in november well i'll tell you this brian like like blake and i talked about winnipeg looks good they brought a lot of guys back they, they were good last year and i gotta i gotta say this and, and i was very surprised at how many people were picking the eskimos to finish last and i know the west is tough and I know, you know, Hervey is doing everything he can in BC. Calgary's always good. But I, but I really felt Saskatchewan didn't improve, and plus they lost their head coach. And I also think, you know, BC's an older team, and sometimes that doesn't always equal success because sometimes guys can get banged up. So I was surprised the Eskimos were kind of this consensus to finish last because it's not like they were four and fourteen last year. I mean, they were they were nine and nine. They 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 weren't great, but they were an average team. And I thought the defense got better. So I was surprised there was all this doom and gloom by by people making their picks. Well, and, and how many uh, how many new players? I, I think that that's probably why you know they're the the so-called experts are are speculating that we're not going to do as well is because we've got so many new players um and you know uh, even though there's talent and even on paper i think we're probably as talented or maybe even more talented than last year it's just 
you know, can these guys play together? Can they can they gel and be a team? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But it was it was encouraging. Like they 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 you know they made some plays. They they got the yards. And I don't think like 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 I don't think there's going to be anybody running away with it in the West. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Like ten or eleven wins might even get you a home game. So that's why I'm looking at that. Well, and, and yeah, and just one last thing I was going to say is um, is they, they definitely have like if if that's any indication what we saw Friday, six hundred and some yards uh, offense. I mean, I think I think it's, if anything, it's going to be a very entertaining year. Thanks, Brian. Great to hear from yeah. you. Thanks, Reed. We will go to Toronto. Jamie Tawil covered the Raptors celebration today. That's after the seven o'clock news. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.